But on my worst day, I was still happy. And I wouldn't have changed anything. Zero dollars in the bank. Payment arrangements for everything. But I was still happy. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Danny Lopriori, and welcome to Off the Cuff. You might know me as the guy from the Basement Yard, Vine, the Low Priori podcast. And while I love to make people laugh, just know that I've struggled with my mental health for most of my life, just like many of you. Here on Off the Cuff, I will be talking with some of the most impactful influencers, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and mental health experts to have real, unapologetic conversations about mental health and breaking the stigma that surrounds it. This show is for you, and I'm so happy to have you here. Now, let's talk Off the Cuff. Welcome back to Off the Cuff. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. She's an entrepreneur, TV personality, and podcast host. Miss Kenya Duke is here. Kenya, how are you today? I am great today. It's a, you know, we dealing with the weather in California, but hey, I woke up, so I'm happy. What's it like over there? So I'm in Northern California today. I wanted the first question is, obviously you were married to a a high profile person, right? Yeah. But everybody kind of knows that story. I want to know what was little Kenya like? I'm an only child. I was always very independent. So my father passed away when I was six, but I always had a good, strong mother who had a a good job. Like she got paid a lot. We were probably like lower middle class. And I lived in a place, if you know the Bay Area, the Acorn, which is low income, but it doesn't when I was there, it didn't really feel like low income. It was fine. You know, we did used to get robbed of our like food on every Friday. I swear to God, they used to come right through the back door, used to move that stick out that sliding door and steal all my mother's groceries. Okay. But besides that, I just did not feel like I did not know I was in a low income housing situation. But what I do know is that I saw on, I saw Diana Ross one day on TV. I don't know what she was on. But at that moment, I knew, oh, oh, no, (laughs) my life is going to be bigger than the acorn. I knew that. And I never really thought about it in terms of entertainment. That was never my thing. But I always thought I'd be a nonprofit somewhere, Mm -hmm. something in philanthropy. So I don't know. I had a good life, very close to my family. I knew I wanted to be married. I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Everybody in my family worked. They all went, had some level of school. Most of them, like my mom and Owen, they have degrees. You know what I mean? So I knew I was not just supposed to sit and do nothing. Like you're going to do something. Okay. So uh, you're going to go to school or you're going to work, but you're not going to just be walking around an acorn aimlessly. You say, you know, you always wanted to be a mother and you always had, obviously you have kids. So I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, something that we've never really covered on this show is is divorce and life after divorce. The first question I wanted to ask is, how does that conversation go with the kids? So how it should go and how it went in my case are two different stories. Okay. Our plan was to tell them together in summer because one child was away at college. So we were going to wait till everybody was home and we were going to tell them then. I filed in Los Angeles and TMZ got a hold of it. Hmm. And my ex to this day where I told, how do you get in contact with TMZ? Okay, I am at home 
and effing Brentwood, okay? I do not have the phone number to TMZ. I did not leak the documents. However, they got leaked and it just blew up. It was horrible, terrible for my daughter who was away, like 3,000 miles away, alone, no family, ding, 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 you know, just constantly, whatever. And so that's how it went. That should not be the way in which it is told. But when I thought about divorce and us and us have been, we were together for like 24 years, married for like 17, 18 years, I don't know, something like that. I thought, and I, I really thought we were best friends because we always said, oh, we're besties. You know, so at the end of the day, we were not arguers. So some people didn't see it coming. Like we would argue five minutes later, be laughing, joking. Hey, Rego, you know what I mean? Eat. So we were not like that. Like, so you would be surprised. But I thought for our divorce, we would get together. Like he loves coffee, coffee shop. I don't care wherever. And say like, hey, so what do you want? What do you need to feel whole? Not only he saying that to me, but me saying that to him. Because we besties, you know, we're going to get this figured out and da, da 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 And it just did not go like that at all. Not at all. But what I will say, one thing I did learn from my divorce is that I stayed longer than I should have. And I stayed longer than I should have because I was a girl without a father. Mm. So that was really important to me. And there are certain things that I could maybe overlook or make excuses for. And then it just got to a point where, you know, you get to be like, like, this is some bullshit. I don't want to make any more excuses. You know, I want you to be happy. I want to be happy. And, you know, it's just something that happened and I just couldn't look past it. So I look at it a couple of ways, right? There are couples that stay together just like for the kids and and they're miserable. Like they honestly yeah. just live the rest of their lives like as miserable people. Yeah. My parents have had times where they were about to be divorced. And when I was young, obviously you don't want your parents to get divorced. But like once I was right. like doing something, I was like, listen, if you guys are going to be happier and like, I don't have to like deal with this shit anymore, right. go for it. Go be happy. And yeah. for us, like we still had fun. We still did stuff. But I just think it is something you just maybe feel inside you could be happier yes. or you are not as invested as you should be. Just you know? and everything in the relationship. Yeah. Just, just the company, you know what I mean? Like you having fun, you having fun. And then you pull up in the garage and he's back home. You see his car and you're like, Fuck. and then you just sit car for a minute. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I just think he's a, maybe a, going to be a better guy for somebody else. And then how the kids, they are the reasons I think I stayed too long. I think if I, if we would have ended the relationship much earlier, they would be used to it. Do you know what I mean? Like this is just how it is. So as adults, he calls them adults and technically on paper, they are adults, except I'm still them on everybody, but they have seen a lot. They've heard a lot and they know what, what is really right? Like, you know, as older. So it's not good. You know what I mean? I do think he made some really bad decisions in terms of his children that he, I would think, wishes he could go back and do much differently. But people grieve and people 
handle things and process things differently. And because they are adults, I can't tell them how to do it. I can say, listen, he's your father. You should forgive your father. I'm okay. I'm happy. And you okay. You're happy. We all, you know, life has moved on. Right. But they hear me and I think they're going to process it the way they process it. And I guess get back in contact when they want, like as a mother and as a mother that didn't have a father, I do not want my children not to be in contact or not on good terms with their father. Because if something happens to me, I mean, yeah, I have family, I have a mother and family, but they don't really have a parent. Mm -hmm. And that is very sad to me, you know? So it's a work in progress. A lot of times, like after a divorce, you know, I've seen friends and family members get divorced and it it becomes kind of like, who's going to be like the better friend to their kids. It was almost like a, like a competition, like, uh, well, dad like lets me do this at his house. And then it would be like, mm-hmm. mom's like a little mm-hmm. lenient about like how long I could stay out at night. Yes. I, was like, I was like, Oh man. I was like, it's like your dad's like, kind of like your friend now. Oh, right. But okay. Whether I were, I was married or divorced. My parenting when it comes to that is I am your mother. I am mother first and foremost. My job is to guide you, to give you the truths and the lessons that I've learned. And we could be friends and best friends, but on my terms, because at the end of the day, I'm your mother. So I don't care about whether or not you think I'm cool. Even as adults, if they do something I don't like, they're going to get the mother voice. Okay. They ain't getting the friend voice. They getting the mama voice. I hear you. Oh, I can hear my mom right now too. Yeah. At some point, they will hate you, but I'm telling you, it's going to work out. So let them hate you. When they're teenagers and you and everybody else is going here and doing it, you're like, yeah, you can go, but I'm going to pick you up at 11. Yeah. Okay. And everybody else either staying overnight or doing this. Oh, they're going to hate you. You know what I mean? And you just look at them and say, that's okay. You're going to get over it. Yeah. Because you want to know what it is. Every time I think I told my mom I hate her, I, I got over it too. Yeah. And when my kids are teenagers, they told me they hate me. Oh, you hate me. Okay. Remember that when you get ready to ask me for something, because I'm going to show you, I can hate you back. Okay. So I'm just petty. The reason I ask those questions too, is because a lot of times I feel like in divorce, it's always honestly about the kids, right? It's like, you stay a little longer because of the kids, you get divorced and everyone's like worried about the kids. TMZ, you have to worry about your kid hearing about it over in school. But how is your grief? How are you doing? So after my divorce, I got back into counseling. One, because I just wanted to make sure as I was moving on personally in life and in other relationships, I wasn't going to be carrying a bunch of baggage. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and I needed, that was it for the kids. So I had to make sure like in my conversations with the kids about divorce and about just life that. I was going to always come from a good and honest place. Okay. So I am fine. And I did not, I didn't experience like grief for me. Like at the end of the relationship, you're, you know, they say you're sad, you can't do this. I didn't have that. Okay. I experienced not for myself. I experienced sadness for my children because you've given up so much of your life 
and maybe the level of happiness you could have had for them so they could be in a house with their dad and that ain't even talking. Do you know what I mean? And right. the situation is so sad. So for me, I didn't grieve the loss of the marriage. I grieve the loss of the relationship between the kids and their dad. I know I'm a good person and I know I come, I think the word authentically is so overused, but I show up as I am consistently through the marriage, through my divorce, as I date, as I work and create business relationships. I am who I say I am, no matter what type of time or type of day I am having. So I wasn't worried about that, but I don't know. I'm okay. And I'm happy. I don't, I'm just, and I think I've said this before, and this is so true, even on my worst days. So on my worst days, we're probably finan- based on something that was going on financially right. because attorneys do not work on credit and promises. Okay. They do not. They do not have paid that mortgage. They do not care. All right. And right. because type of divorce and the amount of money involved in the divorce, my attorneys were super expensive. So they don't care about anything, but anything like that. But on my worst day, I was still happy and I wouldn't have changed anything. Zero dollars in the bank, payment arrangements for everything, but I was still happy and it's going to be okay. I always knew it was going to be okay. Do you feel that you've had that attitude since you were little though? Like you were kind of born with that attitude? I would say I do believe in God. I think likes me a lot. I think there are people he may like more, but he always watches out for me. So because of the faith, my faith, and whatever you believe in, I just know it's always worked out for me when it was supposed to work out for me. I love men. I believe, I would never get married again, but I do believe in monogamy. I was going to ask that. Okay. I love marriage. Marriage is great. And if I wanted more children or maybe I was younger trying to build and needed all of that paperwork, I would. But where I'm at, I just got through a bunch of paperwork and a two-year divorce. That's not where I'm at. My kids are grown. I just want to live. Isn't there like word art, which I hate? Live, love, have fun or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Live, love, laugh. Live, love, laugh. If you care about me getting married, I like somebody a whole lot. And they said, I'm going to dump you if you do not marry me. But other than that. Right. All right. No, I respect it. I respect it. Any tips that you have for me? I'm getting married in two months. I think people want to be heard, especially women. And I think women want to be seen. If she all of a sudden nagging or bitching or complaining, whatever word you want to use about something that is so small, you're like, what's the big deal? It ain't about that. Mm. It's about bigger, right? Like if you don't clean up after yourself, then all of a sudden you left one little cup on this huge island and it's a thing. It's not about the one cup. I think it's about not appreciating the effort she goes into keeping the house clean. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, think little things are really about bigger things. And I guess I did a lot of work and stuff for my ex, but people want to know you appreciate them. So during COVID, I love to cook. I'm a really good cook. I don't bake well, but who cares? Yeah. Cooking like three meals a day. Like really like shopping, chopping, frying and baking and grilling, all kinds of stuff during COVID. Three meals a day. Not only him, but my children, when I would say, okay, it's ready. They would like, I'll come out 30 minutes later. I didn't, I didn't cook this. I'm so proud of this meal. 
You know what I mean? I lollygagging. The lollygagging is disrespectful. And then it wasn't saying thank you. So I would cook, then I would clean, then I had to start the next meal, cook and clean. So you know what? I let them know all together at dinner. I said, I just want everybody to know I am giving in my notice. I will not be the lunch lady anymore. Y'all can figure it out the way y'all gonna figure it out. But no more breakfast and no more lunch. I will show up for dinner, okay? Because I was not getting enough gratitude for what I was doing. So anyways, I think you let people know you appreciate them. You know what I mean? Just you know, thank you. You know, I appreciate, you know, you cook, you whatever it is that they do. And so I think that's important. I think hanging out together. And this is one one thing my my ex did, which was so beneficial. When we had, or I already had a son, but we had our first son together. I couldn't let go. You know, he was my new baby. My two first two kids were 10 years apart. It was like a new baby for me. And he was in our bedroom. So finally, at I don't know, like six, seven months, my ex was like, he has a room. Like, he is going to his room. That baby cried. I swore to my, my ex, I hate you. You are so mean. You're making him cry. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Oh, my God. I thought it was. I thought that is when we should have got a divorce. Okay. You've got my baby in there. My baby is still perfect. You got him in there crying. And he cried two or three nights and was fine. It was the best thing because we got our time back. So I think it's important to make time. And on our on our dates, and this was another thing my husband, is that we did not talk about the kids. First 15 minutes, you know, because I was home with the kids. My whole day is about the kids. So the yeah. first 15 minutes of the date, you can talk about those kids. And then you just talk about regular stuff, whatever. No kid talk. This sounds so crazy for somebody that's divorced. But what you want to make sure is that they're not going to always be there, hopefully. So you want to still make sure that you stay connected and silly and having fun and all this sort of stuff. So I think it's important not just to have kid conversation. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of want to remember why you got married in the first place. And then also like for you dating a comic. So I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian as well. You know, I'm like on the road now. So I'm all over, like um, going to different countries, having shows and stuff. So yes. like, was there ever any content that you were like, I don't want to hear that joke again? I think he told a joke once in present tense, but it right. was something, something pertaining to other women. Okay. So he could have said, and this is not the joke, but Oh, I'm I'm out here sleeping with everybody, right? Right. No, that ain't gonna work. That ain't yeah. gonna work for me. Okay. You need to say, I used to be out here. You know what I mean? So that was my thing in terms of it was obviously as the kids got older, there were certain certain things they didn't want him to say. But I knew what I was getting into, right? And his comic is really based on his life. And I'm pretty silly. Like we have kind of like the same sense of humor. Like a lot of things really don't offend me and stuff like that. Like I don't care if people talk about me. I can laugh at my own self. I talk about my own self. So we didn't really have that. So I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew he traveled a lot. So it wasn't like one day he's a plumber and then the next day he's a stand-up always gone. Like that was not my experience. Yeah. 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 You're going to have to talk to my fiance because she's getting used to me being on the road all the time. And it's it's tough for her, you know, like it's not it's not something she's in love with. I'll just put it like that. I was very, very independent and I was already like a single mom. Do you know what I mean? So I was kind of used to being by myself and I was an entrepreneur and I was trying to do stuff for his career. So I was always busy. Does she have like a good friend group? And what I mean yes. by that, you 
have a bunch of friends. You just have to have a few. Yeah, she's got some solids. She's got some day ones. It's a, it's a bachelorette party this weekend. She'll be with everybody. So like, yeah, she's solid. She's, Does she work? She went to, yeah, she's a physical therapist. So she can't just go with you all the time. No, she can't. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. She'll pick and choose the cities. You know what oh, I mean? I, some cities you don't go to. Some of them, you know, it's just what, what we're gonna do there. Do they even have a good restaurants? Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. I was like, honey, I'm going to Buffalo. She was like, all right, I'll see you. <laughs> you know, so like she knows she has the benefit of uh being able to come on the road with me if she wants to, but you know, it's yeah. um, you know, Tell her that's her time and do girly stuff. So, like, when Gary was gone, that was my time to really talk on the phone and yeah. just really hang out because he were at home. If I was on the phone, he just started talking. Like, I don't see that phone. You know, you got a lot of time talking phone. I'm home. So for me, that was my time to be do girly, be in charge of the TV, sleep across the bed, whatever, eat crackers in the bed, you know. She has that down pat. Every time I come home, both dogs are in the bed and they're not supposed to be in the bed. So, you know, she she makes her own, she makes her own time, but she's also involved in my business. She designs my merchandise, like uh you know, so she's she's tied in. She's tied in. Okay. We're starting a podcast together. So, you know, she's in the It'll be great. Yeah. yeah. But maybe like after five years, three years, she'd be like, so when you leave. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, at some point, you might just love that. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. And no, then when you I come think- home, you're like brand new again. I'm one of those guys that like, I'm going to want to do sets with like my baby, like in a papoose. Like, I'm just going to be, like, uh, with a baby every time I go with, like, those big-ass headphones that they put on children. That's what I'm just going to do. But um, the other thing, too, is you had, a, like, a high-profile divorce. That's not how everybody yeah. divorce. And then no. all people think a divorce is, like, okay, one day it's over. But, it like, it was, like, a two-year thing for you. Well, you know, it was a two-year thing. And which I never thought it would be a two- Like I said, I thought we'd be over coffee, hey, 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 this, whatever. And I think for me... I am very principled. I may not have like a lot of stuff or whatever, but when it comes to my character, I'm very protective of it. So nobody's going to tell you I'm a liar. Nobody's going to tell you I was sleeping around. Nobody's going to tell you I didn't put my family first. Nothing like that. So when I feel those things attacked and it's not truthful, I react. Hmm. And I always thought like before the divorce, like when I see people putting a personal information on the internet, I'm like, golly, who does that? Do you know what I mean? Like it's putting personal information and then going through a public divorce. What I realized, cause I said, oh, I would never do that. I would never do that. But if my husband, you know, worked at the local grocery store and in the break room sat around and, you know, said things about me, maybe that wasn't true. Who cares? It's like, right. it's like Bob and Joe. I mean, they're, yeah. They're going home to wherever they're going home to. But when you have a public stage, whether or not you go on other people's podcasts to say, like, he was a little more sly with his comments. I was just out there. Okay. You got friends in the media saying crazy things about me. I responded. And I'm not saying this is how people should respond. I'm saying this is how I responded. And I don't think it was the best way, but I don't regret it yet. So I responded social media in writing, right? To everything. Anything I felt was like somebody had said about me, whatever. Because at that moment in my life, I did care. Like, you're not going to just say anything about my my character. Like, I do care. Don't put me out there like a liar. So if you say you're not cheating, 
I have to, I, I felt at that time I have to respond to it. So now two years later, I don't give two Fs what he did. Okay. Whether it's the truth or not the truth. That's where I am today. So today I would not respond like I responded two years ago. Put that energy out when you felt like you needed to put it out that way. Yeah, because he knows how I am about the truth. And about, like, if you want to say, I don't know, anything, I don't know. She was gone a lot. She spent hours at the store, or I thought she spent too much money. Or right. said that. Right. But you can't say I'm lying about things that happened. I just at that point where I was, I just couldn't I couldn't let it go because it's not a break room. It's social media. And you got like two million followers here. You got whatever here. All these blogs are picking it up and I just couldn't let it go. But like I said, like so my process was over time. And I would say like the last year, I, I wouldn't I don't care what he says. I don't care what he says. I don't care how he lives. I don't care. So that's where I'm at with it. Now people worry about like the kids and stuff, but like, what about like friends? Did you have to like break up with some friends? I did. And I think that's part of, I broke up with every friend who tried to tell me what I was saying was not true. Oh, okay. Because, oh, so so you think I'm a liar? Like you think I would lie about this? I don't need closure. Like in a traditional sense of we need to have this conversation. I just fall back. I'm good. You know what I mean? So there are some friends, I think they, and then especially in the beginning of it, when literally, you know, all these things he has done to the family and how financially what he has done to us, and you still want to parade him around or be his friend because of who he is. I'm okay with that. But you will not be uh, smiling and grinning in my face. You know what I mean? I don't wish you bad, but I just... That's not where I want to be. And so, yeah, some friends were lost. I think when we were friendly, there's some I miss, others I don't. And it doesn't mean if I ran into somebody, I couldn't be cordial. But I have a strong, strong village community. So I would be okay. You know what I mean? Like, so if he got you in the divorce or you chose him, I'm okay with that. That's okay. Because I'm going to be okay. But what was the importance for you like after the divorce of just like creating financial stability within your own like life, you know, because a divorce is like, hey, like, you know, we have to figure this out. But like, right. like you said, lawyers ain't cheap. Right. You know, and well, like, I, they, they, everything's got to be accounted for. You're like, yo, I got to get out here and get my own back. Well, I think if there's anything, you know, I was as smart as I think that I am, I was very naive. Like, it's not like I had just met this guy and started trusting him with money or to do right by me. Like I was with somebody for ever, you know, a long time who didn't have anything. Right. Like when we met, he did have good credit. Okay. He did have good credit. That's very important. Very. Okay. Yeah. Right. Very. So it never, ever, ever crossed my mind that during this divorce, financially, he would do stuff. Right. You know, it just didn't cross my mind. So I'm making up for what I lost, what I've had to pay out. I'm making up, you know, when you get divorced, you get half of everything. So half of everything that 
I helped him get or, you know, whether in a support role or directly, you know, worked to help him get is gone. Half of that. So I have to work harder to try to recoup, recoup that. And like I said, with the relationship between him and the kids, I cannot, let me tell you something. I cannot rest assured that if something happened to him, that he left my kids or he would try to give them anything. I cannot rely on that. So I have to make sure that I leave them something. And I don't think parents have to leave their kids anything. I don't think parents have to pay for college. I am just saying for me, that is what I would like to do for my kids. Okay. So that is like why I think I work hard. I show up when I'm supposed to on time. I do what I have to do. And I really think it's going to, I do think it's going to work out. (laughs) Good. Listen, we're going to change that thing to a no. You know, it's going to work out. I know it's going to work out. Right. I know it's going to. Even with that, it's like, I always say, like, uh, if you tell your mind enough things, yes, eventually your mind is actually going to believe it. If you lie to yourself enough, like, you know, your brain's going to believe it. So liars tell lies enough that they really start to believe their lies. Yeah. Like, even like in sense like this, like, even like in my situation, yeah, I used to drink a lot and I used to tell myself, oh, I don't drink a lot. 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 And I'm having this full on conversation where I'm actually tricking my brain into being like, oh, yeah, you don't have a problem because I've told myself so much I've had. I don't have a problem. And then it's like one day I had to be like, you know, we all have to stop lying to ourselves at one point, because that's when I was dealing with a lot of like functional like depression, too. Yeah. My depression was allowing me to kind of create this part in my brain where if I told myself enough that something was something my brain can be tricked to actually believing it's true. Wow. I totally agree with that. Yeah. The brain's way more powerful than people think it is. It's almost like when you're a kid and you make out with that girl at camp, but you never make out with the girl at camp. You could tell your friends about it and lie. And then at some point your brain's going to actually like say, like actually think that you did it. Oh, you, you know can, what? You can it's, manipulate memories. Man, memories can be manipulated. Wow. It's like when people go through trauma, like they repress, they repress. Like they, yeah. They manipulate their thought process to have it actually be something that it wasn't, you know, just because they're not ready to deal with the trauma. It's pretty wild what we yeah. can do to ourselves. And there's like a, there's like scientific mumbo jumbo behind it, but I, I, I just don't know the words. <laughs> no, you just gave that's like some food for thought for me. Yeah, yeah. I think we all go through that. It's almost like people that stay in relationships. Eh, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. And you're convincing yourself it's fine, but like it's not fine. Right. You know, so now it's you literally create it and then it's 10 years later and you're like, holy shit, like I convinced myself I was fine for 10 years. That's crazy. I always look at it like this. Parents are selfish and they have to be selfish because if they weren't selfish, I wouldn't be here. You know, like if my dad like didn't want to like, so I'm just going to say it, like fuck my mom. Like yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be around, you know, when you're young, you love your parents. When you're a teenager, you hate them. But then when you get older, you kind of start to understand. It's not that you forgive them for everything. And it's not right. like, but you, 
as a man, I understand why my dad reacted certain ways to certain things. Cause I'm starting, you start to go through them as a man yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, Oh man, like, and you're really going to understand it when, and if you guys decide to have children. Yeah. You know, and it's like, kids are like, uh, they're so wild that we have that ability to just make children. How many kids do you have? Three and two with my ex. Okay. So you have three. After like the first two, did you know you were pregnant? Like, did you even like have to go take a test? My ex told me I was pregnant immediately after we had finished having sex with my first one. He said, I just got you pregnant. (laughs) And he was right. I got pregnant. And then my next one, I was pregnant nine months. Like my son was nine months old and I was pregnant again. So she was a surprise. She was a happy surprise, but she was a pride. Those are the best ones. Happy surprises, right? She was a happy surprise. I wasn't so happy when they said she was going to be a girl because I had had boys and I knew how to do boys with my eyes closed. So I was like, can you just check one more time? I mean, it's okay if it's going to be a girl, but can we just check one more time? She said, yeah, it's still a girl. And I love her, love her so much. So I'm so glad that I have her. You want to know something? I definitely want a boy first. I know that my fiance wants a boy. Like, she, uh, yeah, okay. like she really wants a boy. Yeah. Because we have like a list of like 10 boy names. Yes. Like no girl names. Really? Yeah. So we're just kind of trying to will this boy whenever it's time. You know what I mean? After we get married and, you know. I'm not going to ask you the names, but if I were to have a son and I told my ex, do not name your kid this name because this is our name. Right. I like if I were to have kids. My three names, Cooper, well, Cooper, because that was my mother's maiden name, but my name, I would name my son Maverick. I just love that name. Yeah. My sister-in-law, they just got a puppy and named it Maverick. Oh, really? And my son ended up being Austin, but it was between Austin and Isaiah. And I still like the name Isaiah. Isaiah is a beautiful name. I love biblical names, though. My name's Danny David. My brother's name is Michael. My brother's other brother's name is Jared. Like they're all like biblical names. Are you going to continue that? Oh no, my my I'm Italian, so all my kids all my kids are going to have like ridiculous Italian names. Love it. Yeah, like Giuseppe and shit. Like I, my kids are just going to be named ridiculous things. Love it. Yeah, I just feel like I have one of those European backgrounds that it's it's a love language. So like, why wouldn't you want like these lovely, ridiculous names? Like my grandfather's name was Angelo. Like this is like, just what uh, it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Love it. So, I love yeah, it. My, yeah. My kids are all going to be Sopranos characters, but I said, as soon as the kids are born, they cannot have normal, like white names. See, Duke is a strong name. Duke is a strong, yeah. strong, yeah. strong college as well. Uh, yeah. Great college. You said you went to college, right? I went to college somewhat. Yeah, I went to community college for like, I'm still technically like a sophomore in college. I'm 34. I I got a little further than you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm this close to that associates. This close. Okay, I definitely have my associates. But I, college, and then in Santa Barbara, I went to Santa Barbara Community College. And when, can I say that campus is so beautiful? Yeah, if I'm going to go to any fucking community college, it's going to be in Santa Barbara or like, Miami somewhere. Right. Who wouldn't want to go? That's right. So beautiful. Overlooking the 
ocean. It was beautiful. And then I had a son then. So we moved to LA and then I got a job working with the Clippers. I'm a Knicks fan. So I'm, I'm sad. Are you from New York? How do you become a Knicks fan? I'm from here. Yeah. I was born in the Bronx. I'm a Yankee fan. Oh. Yankee oh. And they do some money from time oh. to time. Oh. Yeah. oh, okay. All right. My mother and father are from the hood. Oh. Yeah, but my all my grandparents were immigrants. Oh, really? Like, yeah. so are you first? I'm second. Like, my, my parents are, are first. But, like, oh. yeah. So, like, uh, I'm actually in the process of getting my Italian citizenship because I can do that. Yeah. Oh, did your parents start a business? Yeah. So my uh, my grandfather came here with like lint and like a button in his pocket. And then uh, he, <laughs> he had no fucking money. And then he started a real estate business and an oil business and a contracting business. And then, uh, yeah, that's just how we got on. And the only reason I grew up like you, middle to lower class, my Yonkers, New York, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's like where DMX is from. and Okay. It's not a great neighborhood. You know, it has like its good parts and its bad parts. Yeah. But there's a small suburb called Hastings on Hudson that I lived in. And it's like, yeah. like super nice. Everyone's Jewish. You know, it has money. It's a nice place. Great place to grow up. I couldn't have picked a better place. The school is on School Street. Like, it's just that type of place. Okay. But the only reason we were able to live there was that my, my immigrant Italian grandfather built a property there. He had a, an apartment complex that he built there. Yes. And he told my dad, he's like, you go and you, uh, you run it. You run it. So like he let my dad be the super of this building so we could go to a better school. Oh yeah. So that's like well, how it works. You, Grandpa. Yeah. No, all the time. Zoning issues. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's so wait, as a how do you feel about Caroline's? I'm sorry, I don't want to take over, but how do you feel about Caroline's closed being closed? So I like a month before I sold out four shows at Caroline's. Mm-hmm. Good. And yeah, do you know Lewis? Yeah. Love Lewis. He's mm-hmm. like he's like a like gay dad to me. But like Lewis is cool. And then I actually used to do social media there. So I, I worked with Gary like four or five times. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just being like, yo, what's up, Matt Caroline's like whatever. I want everybody to support Gary. Okay. Oh, so, I, I want everybody to like him. I want everybody to support him because as you support him, so be supportive, merchandise, whatever he's doing, be supportive. I, he's funny. I think he's really quick. So okay. Very talented. And he and he was always a sweetheart to me when I worked with him. And he's a nice guy. Yes, he is. Yeah. So Caroline gave me like like I had like no job and Caroline Hirsch gave me a job to be the social media manager there. And then once they saw that like I was going up, yeah. they, they let me headline and uh, sold out four shows for them. And I still, I still talk to Lewis and I still talk to Caroline. So yeah, it's a real bummer. It's just, it's as a New York staple, you know, the, right. everybody thinks about like the seller, you know, when you hear New York and McDougal street and all those things, like, Caroline's was like a like a benchmark. So it being yeah. done is is really sad, but I was happy I was able to perform there and share that stage right. that so many amazing comics have just walked through that fucking shitty green room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like I'm like just getting like started being able to like sell out some 
some places. So it's 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 really fun. It's really fun. I have two more questions because okay. I know you're a busy woman. So I just want to give you a couple of questions before I leave. You mentioned nonprofit before. For you, even though you went through obviously something, I look at divorces as those are traumatic incidents. Even if it's like the right thing for everyone involved, I still see it as traumatic because your life is changing so much as you know it. You know, and and you guys were together for so long. Mm-hmm. What's the importance of giving back, even while you're going through your own hardships and like your own grieving process? How important was the aspect of giving back to you during your divorce, before, during, and after? So growing up, and what you will find is that people low income to that middle, like that middle earning person, I think that that population gives more. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. They give back more than any population, just to tell you the truth. So I grew up, like, if somebody didn't have it, and sometimes it was like, hey, you just got $5, can I just get $10? You know what I mean? And there was always people that had it less. I grew up in a family that, you know, if you can help out, you you help out, right? So it was natural to me. You know, if I walk into Walmart and they have book bags on sale for 2 $3, how many you got? I'm a buy. You know what I mean? There's a school that can use them or I don't know, to the boys and girls club or just whatever. I think people need help and it makes me feel good. I do not give with the expectation of like getting anything in return, but I do give like, okay, some shit in my background is not okay. I have been mean to some people. Okay. Right. But my hope As we is all that, have. As we all have. Yeah. That God is going to be like, Kenya. You were very generous. I appreciate he's God's gonna tell me. I appreciate that. Okay. And it's gonna help. But I do it because I can. And sometimes I do it even when I couldn't, like during the divorce and stuff like that. But I don't know, it just makes me feel good. I don't do it for the thank yous. I don't do it for, you know, like karma. I don't do it for any of that. It just makes me feel good. Yeah. See, I think uh we kind of live by a mantra. If I got it, I got it. If I don't got right. it, I don't got it. Right. And it doesn't always even have to be money. You could see a grassroots organization that has like, you can feel it. Like, I really think that they're serious about this, right. but maybe their marketing isn't right. You know what I mean? Be like, uh, that doesn't play well. That doesn't read. You know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily have to be money. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's a service. Maybe, it, you know what I mean? So I think we all do. We all should be doing what we can. Okay. If you can. Yeah. You know, and obviously I get the sense from you is that you don't really give a fuck what people think about you anyway. Not at this moment. (laughs) Not not at this moment. Yeah. I'm like that too. Some days I'm like, yeah, fuck the world. And I'm like, why could they say, how could they say that? And my last question is too, it's like after a divorce from a high profile divorce, very famous. Did you feel like a sense like, oh, I got to prove this to motherfuckers now that I could like stand on my own. Did you have a moment like that? Or were you just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, people don't know what I've been through. I've been through, I was a long ass relationship. If anything, it was about, I have to tell the truth. Yes. Not my truth, but just the truth. It was never like, listen, he can say whatever he wants to say. I helped to build him so I can build myself. Okay. Everybody who's in comedy that knows where he started, they know me. 
Okay. So they know what I did. You know, I used to run a comedy store for like two years when guys stepped away from Fat Tuesday. They know what I'm capable of. They know I was supportive to Gary. Gary had talent. So I'm not trying to say I'm responsible for his talent, but I was very helpful in his booking management and organization. So also has to know that too, though. You know what I mean? Like, the new the new school needs to should know that like yeah like I've been in I've been in this game too you know you know and it's so funny I was just sent a DM from a comic that was just asking me some advice I don't even know this guy right so I think sometimes they do know it or they've heard stories or whatever and so I don't know like like I said I built him and so it what I'm trying to do is going to be fine. It's going out. And then, you know, what's next? What's next for Kenya Duke? My podcast is really important to me. And within the year, I really wanted to be one of the top 10 podcasts. I used to say amongst women hosts, but I've kind of let that go because I don't want to put myself in a box like that. Just I want one of the top 10 podcasts. Coming after the bros. Love it. I'm dating show, which is kind of, I'm a host. I don't need the dates. I think that's going to be fun. Actually, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So just things that I have some other things I'm kind of working on, but I just want to be happy. I'm not participating, whether it comes to dating, business, anything that doesn't make me happy that I'm not having fun doing. I'm not doing anything just for the money because the money's going to come. So that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? My kids are older, so I can say no to a lot of stuff, which I do. And I don't know. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of my life. I feel you on that. Holy shit. You know, sometimes just the simplest sentences are just the best ones. Yeah. (laughs) Just going to enjoy the rest of my life. (laughs) I am. That's amazing. Like, who who doesn't want to do that? And then uh, which one of your kids gets you the worst Christmas presents? Austin Owens. The middle child. The baby son. The middle child. Okay. The one that cried that you didn't want to give up. Right. Christmas gifts. Right. But the most loving, the most protective. He has his father's sense of humor, super quick. They all have a good sense of humor, which is good because you had to, or you was going to always have your feelings hurt. But yeah, he's terrible. Sometimes you come across people and you're like, you just want them to say, here's whatever. Here's $50, $25, here's $100. Just go buy yourself something. That's what I wish Austin Owens would do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best gift. Anyone <laughs> listening, the older you get, just give your fucking mom money, dude. Right. Right. That's all we want. Okay. That's all they we'll- want. Let them pick what they want. <laughs> They've been, been through enough. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, just give them money. Say thanks for everything. I'll see you next year. Give them a nice little bag and get the fuck out of there. Right. Exactly. Right. Austin, <laughs> listen, man. Yeah. And the last question I always ask on every episode of this show is, are you happy today? I am very happy today. Nice. Nice. Love that. Love that. I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show and being as transparent as you are as a person. I think a lot of people can learn from you. I think a lot of people can actually learn to be upfront with a lot of things, especially in not just relationships, but just about who you are as a person and kind of a take it or leave it attitude. I think if a lot of us were able to adopt that take it or leave it attitude, 
a lot more things would get squashed in the womb before it gets to like a certain point. I wish you really nothing but the best in your future. If there's anything we could ever do to help you out, we would love to. And again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. And good luck. Good luck with wedding. Good luck on the road. Safe travels. I appreciate it. And then uh, for anyone that's looking to find you on the internet, where can they find you? At Truly. Instagram is Truly Kenya. And so is my Facebook Truly Kenya, and so is Twitter. It's everything is Truly Kenya. YouTube, Kenya. <laughs> and then when's the book coming out? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wait, listen. It's so funny because I am going to write a book. Oh, under, I know. But it'll have to be once my daughter graduates from college. There you go. All right. Well, you know, you guys, you're cooking it up. I, you know, why not write? Everybody got to write a book. <laughs> All right. Got to write a book. You'd be dumb if you did it. Write that book. That's what probably have the book on stage talking about now this bit. (laughs) He's gonna he's gonna do like uh, Radio City and just read the book. And just read the book, right? Who's gonna do? It's one of those things. Who wouldn't want everybody to be okay at the end of the day? When we all, he's gonna be fine. I'm fine. We're all gonna be okay. Kids are gonna be okay. So. That's it. That's it. And uh, Kenya Duke, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And guys, follow us at one and one OTC on Instagram and TikTok. And we will see you guys next week. Kenya, thank you again. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Off the Cuff, presented to you by One and One Life. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and send us some love with a review. And don't forget, we're all in this together and you're never alone. Peace. Fate in the- Tame it. Ah!